Thank you. Thank you, Ruth. Great job. Thanks, worship team. I'll call you back in a minute. So good to see you in church this morning. I'm, I can see you now. Fantastic. So if you're new to One Heart Church or haven't been to church for a long time, we want to welcome you today and welcoming all our guests online as well. And thanks for tuning in to us. But if you are new to One Heart Church and um, you saw people you know, raising their hands, closing their eyes, all that kind of stuff, that's our expression of worship. Uh, that's how we do things and we just uh, uh, love to be exp- you know, expressing ourselves in that way as we worship God. So I just want to say a big shout out to Paul. Let's turn around and see Paul, everybody. There he is. Hi, Paul. He's, uh, he's bouncing between coffee machine maintenance and sound desk today. The priority is the coffee machine, Paul. Did you hear that, everyone? Don't worry about the sound. Get the coffee working and then no one will be hurt in, the, in between church uh, breaks. So, um, but just, just want to say a great big thank you, Paul, for um, uh, doing it all with a smile and with an with attitude of uh, serving us as a church. So fantastic job this morning, Paul. Um, I just want to uh, say that uh, I'm really excited with what God's doing in the church at the moment. We're seeing people come to the Lord uh, during the week and um, seeing God do some amazing things uh, in and around us. So God's doing some great things and, and there is someone come and spoke to me this morning about an amazing miracle we'll talk about later. Keep your eyes on the news, you'll see it. Port Lincoln uh, is an amazing place and uh, um, yeah, there's a woman here this morning who has had a, a, an incredible answer to prayer and miracle in her life but just keep your eye on the TV or the radio news, you'll hear it, it's coming. I don't want to give it away too much. But I want to just encourage you, this is part four this morning on the series In the Waiting. And uh, um, the, the text is, is a, a bit large today, so we're not going to read it all, but it's from, from Genesis chapter 39 to 42. Do you want me to read the whole lot? It's only about you know four chapters or something. We'll just go through it really slowly for you. But um, I've been conditioned... now. Perhaps you have too, I don't know. But I've been conditioned to the notion that waiting is a waste of time. And I say to my own embarrassment, my most uh, greatest fails in life have been when I have to wait, especially at the bank. I remember being at the bank, I've embarrassed myself more in banks than any other place when I'm waiting for something. But we've been conditioned by words like, how long is this going to take? Maybe you've said these things yourself or maybe if someone has asked you the question, how long is this going to take? Um, or we say things like, I, I can't wait any longer. And this, is, this was my favourite one that really got me in a lot of trouble one day at the bank is, stop wasting my time. So embarrassed, I, I can't even... I remember I was at my home branch in the suburb where I grew up. I'd had a, I had a bank book from that bank since I was in primary school. And I went to the bank and they said, no, we don't know who you are. You have to sign your signature. So that's fine. So I go, no, it's not your signature. It was back in the day where they had some had some ultraviolet light thing, and they see your signature, and it's not. I go, no, it's not you. Okay, sign it again. How about that? No, no, it's still not right. Sign again. And I said, this is my home branch, and I, this is where I do all my banking. And, and I said, now why would I try and scam myself from my home branch for a, a small amount of money? when I could be taking a whole lot more out of that account. And she goes, sorry, 
Your signature doesn't match. And I remember saying, well, give me back my bank. Well, get all back to me. I said, stop wasting my time. And I left. And, and you know, <laughs> I don't know about you, but you, you had this sense of, like, I, I told her. I let her have it. She's wasting my time. And then, and then the satisfaction lasts for about a millisecond until you turn around and you think, you've been a real jerk. And you, you're such an idiot. But I <laughs> walked out and I've <laughs> got to change banks. Don't ever want to go back in there again because I'm embarrassed now because of how I behaved myself. I don't know, maybe that's just me. But um, we, we, I think we're all conditioned to believe that time waiting is time wasted. And Jesus works in the spiritual sense. He works in our waiting. Um, he works more accurately and better in our waiting seasons and he works on us in our waiting times. Now, there's, there's those frustrating times in life where we've got to wait in a line or we have to do all those kind of things. But there's something that we need to understand and get a grasp of is, it, is spiritual things are, are meant for us, but they don't come always automatically or, or fast or speedily. They come in the waiting. When, and, and it's an expression of faith and trust in Jesus when we discover the power in our waiting seasons. So... Uh, I think in a very, very broad sense, we are living in the waiting season, the waiting time for Jesus' return. And uh, that is a great hope of the church. It's a great hope of every Christian uh, faith and belief is that Jesus is returning for the church. And I want to be a church that always preaches the return of Jesus. Um, 2 Peter 3 verse 9, it says, "'The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise.'" as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And when it comes to our spiritual journey, Jesus wants to be, wants to be and is patient with us. He wants to teach us things. He wants to grow us in things and he wants to develop within us the fullness of all that we could be. And, he, and for those who don't know Christ yet, Jesus is, is, is you know, not returning until the full time of everyone has the opportunity to know who Jesus is. But God is a God waiting for the world to turn to him. Uh, Jesus is not slow in delivering his promises to the entire world. So I want to speak especially to those that have at some point felt the call of God. Uh, the call of God to ministry, the call of God to do something, call of God to step up into doing something for the Lord. Um, and it may become, it, it may have started with a word of prophecy, uh, a specific idea, uh, a plan or just a burning desire to do something for, for God. And in many cases though, perhaps you're here today and you, you had that sense some point in your life, but nothing came. Uh, nothing jumped out. You didn't get any offers, you didn't get any uh, um, opportunities, um, no contract came to you. In fact, things went backwards to what you planned or what you thought was going to happen next. See, the progression expected turned into a stoppage, a waiting season. And it's really, really important that we discover what to do when that happens. And I don't believe it just happens once or twice. It, it's something that happens over and over again in our spiritual journey and our walk with Jesus. So if I can remind you today of the things that were in your heart, perhaps a prophecy spoken, 
perhaps that you've, you've just had times or seasons where you, you get a, a sudden flash of inspiration and you think, well, there's something I can do. There's something I, I would like to do that, that you know, has come out of a random thought, but it's come from God. And you've, you've kind of carried that in your heart. And you thought, I can really see this happening, but circumstances and, and even a negativity of, of other people around you have squashed that thought right out of you. And you thought, well, um, you know, I, I've just put that aside and, and it's been forgotten. But I want to encourage you today, the Holy Spirit wants to breathe on those embers today and rekindle things that are in your spirit that Jesus put there that has been squashed right out of you. So today's a great day. Can we just pray for that this morning? If you're here and, and, and you've had those kind of thoughts in the past and, and somehow or other it's, it's been uh, forgotten about, today's the time to rekindle that. And the Holy Spirit wants to uh, uh, breathe into that life again and breathe into those things and bring a fire where there is now only a very... A very uh, uh, little ember so why don't we just pray this morning lord i just pray today for every single person here today who has a a a small little ember maybe a memory of something that a, a moment in life where you've spoken into their heart and into our spirits and i pray right now in the name of jesus for the wind of the holy ghost to just begin to speak begin to f- uh, uh, stir into flame those embers that that are almost out. But Lord, I pray today will be a day of restoring those things that the fire may come back into our hearts and into our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want us to look at at, at Joseph this morning. Uh, In in the book of Genesis, there's a story of Joseph. And we see in, in Joseph's life that he had dreams. He had dreams of greatness uh, and it would be great to say, hey, he had these dreams and, and everyone around him said, hey, that's amazing, that's fantastic. How do we help you? How do we facilitate your dreams to be reality? In fact, the opposite happened. He had these great dreams and then he had years of trouble. He had betrayal, he had rejection, he had all these uh, uh, negatives that, that piled up against him one after another. And we see in the life of Joseph... Um, there was a time between the prophecy or those dreams that he had that, that did come from God and the delivery of those dreams. He, was in, he has years in this season called waiting. And I just want to encourage you today that you may be in that season of waiting in your life, but there are things that we can see from the life of Joseph that we can implement, that we can do, that can make the difference as to how it all turns out. See, I think many people miss their appointed call from the Lord because they got impatient in the waiting. Let's not flunk on a promise from God because we failed the waiting. It's part of the test that God will use in our lives to purify and prepare us for God's best. I'm reminded of a conversation I had with a good friend and his comment It disturbed me. It worried me. He said, I've tried God's way. Now I'm going to do things my way. And he was in a waiting season when nothing seemed to be happening, when things were going against every every good reason of of living as a Christian. And, And I want to tell you something. The eject button is very enticing in your waiting season. It's like, you know, I'm thinking, well, things are 
not happening as fast as I thought they should. Things didn't work out how I, I planned. I could see where God wanted me to go and that didn't happen. So I got my finger on the eject button and I'm going to eject myself out of here. It's not the time to do that. But Joseph, getting back to Joseph, he gives us a great lesson on waiting. I want to tell you to be faithful in your waiting seasons. And you'll look back like Joseph. And when Joseph named his two sons, he called them Manasseh and Ephraim. And he said, God has caused me to forget. Manasseh means cause me to forget. He's caused me to forget the sorrow, the pain, the betrayal, all those things that I went through. And he says, and God has made me fruitful. Ephraim means fruitful in this land of my grief. Genesis uh, chapter 41, verse 50 and 52, I think you'll find it. But he says, oh, God has made me fruitful in the land of my grief. Now, how does he get from this you know, living in Egypt, a foreign land, as a prisoner, as a slave, to saying, God has made me fruitful in this land. So Joseph was given dreams, uh, dreams of great authority from God. He says in those dreams, if you look back in the stories, it says that Joseph had these dreams and he starts to tell his family, starts to tell his brothers, I had this dream and I saw um, you know, we were, we were you know, uh, harvesting grain and we're cutting the sheaves into bundles and, and your sheaves all crowded around mine and began to worship. Can you imagine telling that to your brothers? You're going to worship me. I'm going to be the ruler. And then he says, and then he goes on, it gets even bigger. He says, I saw you know, all the, the stars and the moon and everything all coming down and, and, and worshipping me and bowing to me. He's talking about rulership. He's talking about an authority God was placing on his life to save many lives. Perhaps he, in his... Um, uh, youthfulness, he, he, he didn't play his, um, his dreams out well with, with telling his brothers. Maybe they took it wrong, I don't know. But Joseph was given dreams of great authority from God. Uh, then Joseph finds himself betrayed, sold as a slave, he's, he's, he's put in captivity. That's waiting. It's not the dream. It's not the prophecy fulfilled, it, it, it's something else. Um, he's, he's sold again to, to Potiphar in waiting. He's just become, he's just become like stock or, or cattle. He's, already, he's sold twice by this time in his life. And uh, sold to Potiphar, uh, 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 an Egyptian ruler. Uh, it goes from, from there, uh, he, he finds himself in prison. More time of waiting, where you think, how could there be such a great reversal from a promise from God to find yourself in a dungeon with other prisoners uh, that, that you don't deserve to be there. So they're the, they're the times where he could easily have thought, what's the point of all this? I give up. Uh, Joseph proved himself in the waiting times of his life, being faithful to the dreams that God put in his heart. And he eventually became the ruler of Egypt and saved his entire family, who, by the way, were the ones who betrayed him and sold him. And there's a lesson in forgiveness right there. You think, hey, when he became the ruler, I don't know if I was my brothers and they sold me, I'd be saying, ha remember me? <laughs> You'd be thinking of something else rather than you know, uh, being kind to them. But uh, he, was, 
he was sent ahead of them. And I love the words that he says is, you've, you've, you meant this to harm me, but God has meant this for the salvation of many. And that's what God wants to do in our lives is to bring us to a place of strength and stability and blessing so that we can be the, the, the one who helps others, even ones who've betrayed and harmed us. So the time between the prophecy and the delivery is the waiting. I want to really encourage you because I know that many, many, if we want to pack a church, we say, hey, we have a prophet come to town and everyone will come because I need a word, I need a word, I need God to give me a word, I'll be there, I'll be there with bells on, I'll be there with my, my brightest, loudest shirt and, and I'll get a word, I'll get a prophecy because we love that kind of hearing a, a, a good word spoken over our lives. But I, I want to say, we, we've got to realise that the, the word of prophecy will often come with a delay. And we need to realise we can live with the delay and it's, it's from God. So a few things we learn from Joseph in his waiting that set him apart. Number one, Joseph was faithful in serving. It says wherever he went, uh, he, was, he was a slave by the way, um, he, he was serving Potiphar's house. It says that he, he, uh, he became so well-known or so good at what he did that Potiphar put him in, in charge of his entire household. He was promoted to oversee everything. Uh, again, he goes to prison and says the, the prison officer says, I can leave him with responsibility and he ends up running the whole prison. So he, he ends up in charge of the whole prison uh, that he is a prisoner in. But he's faithful in serving. I, I want to just put this to you. In your, in, when you have a word from God, you don't go, oh, I see where I need to be. Now I'm going to forget everything else around me. There is a power in faithfully serving others through your waiting season. These are the, these are the key points that, that separated a Joseph from everyone else. The second thing we see, Joseph was faithful morally. It's a story where Mrs. Potiphar tried to seduce him I mean, we don't know. There might have been good reason why he ran. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but Joseph, she might have been a hottie too, I don't know. But Joseph was faithful morally. And so at a time in his life where he thinks, hey, what's it matter? I've had, an, I've had, I've had, so, much, I've had so much pain in my life. I've had so much rejection. I've, I've been betrayed by my closest family, uh, no one cares about me. And here is this woman showing me attention, showing me some affection. Who's going to know? This could be a, 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 another way of promotion, getting good, with, getting good with, with the missus, someone else's. But Joseph was faithful with his morals. And we need to realise not to, not to compromise our moral standards for things that don't last. So that's a, a really important key. The third thing we see is, is Joseph was faithful spiritually. Or I would, I would use the word also ministry. He was faithful in the ministry. And so he was interpreting the dreams of others while he was in prison. In his waiting season, he's not saying again, you know, what do I care? Go tell your dreams to someone else. They, they don't probably mean anything. But he's, he's interested in the lives and the, and the 
um, day-to-day of other people around him and he begins to uh, interpret the dreams of others in the prison. That eventually goes on to interpret the dreams of the king or the pharaoh and it promotes him into the place of the promise of where this all started. The thing that got him in trouble was... was, uh, talking about dreams to other people and then talking about the dreams of others got him into the courts of Egypt and into the presence of the king and he ends up becoming second in charge of the whole land of Egypt. So it's always best to keep your faith and your direction firmly set on Jesus in every turn and every pothole in the road. Because you know something, if you've lived any, any time in this world, you know that there are some turns that you didn't see coming. There are a few potholes that will hit your life that you didn't know were there. They might sh- shake things and rattle things a little bit, but keep your eye and your focus upon the direction that Jesus has for you. So we need to make better choices. See, in the waiting season, there are choices to be faithful to what we believe or reckless and hasty. So that word hasty means rushed, hurried, uh, impatient, acting too quickly. And sometimes we can can rush for an answer, we can try and be hasty in, in something, and all we might have needed was a little bit more time, a few more days, another month, and then we could see things in a whole different light. And so we can um, learn a lesson uh, to, to slow things down a bit sometimes. But Proverbs 14 verse 16 says, The wise are cautious and avoid danger. Fools plunge ahead with reckless confidence. So there's a, a great scripture there of, of um, uh, avoiding danger with caution. It's, it's like slow it down a little bit. Um, don't be hasty. Now, one of the things that, that, that I think this is getting a little bit a little bit spooky now. We don't have any issues recognizing evil spirits or demons at work. Maybe, you know, um, fits of anger. We we might say, oh, that's really strange, the way that person behaves. It's it's something not from them. It's it's a spirit. Uh, Pride can be a spirit. Unforgiveness. Uh, They're real, but, but equally dangerous to our soul is a spirit of haste that just can't wait. I love, I love looking at the, the, um, the, the characters in the Old Testament because there's a lot of, we, we would see these things as spirits in the church today. And I, you know, the hasty spirit would be the, the one that says, I, I want instant results, I want everything now, and I'm not going to wait. And I'll push anyone else out of the way until I get what it was that I want. Um, maybe a, a, another day I might do, a, do some teaching on how to spot a demon. Um, but, you know, we kind of just don't talk about that much these days. But Jesus spent a lot of his time healing the sick and casting out demons. And uh, we need to realise that these, there are influences and forces that would get into our mind and get into our churches that would desire to manipulate and control. And one of those is a spirit of haste. He says, just get it done, hurry up. 
We've got to have this and we've got to have that. So in the, in the spirit, in a spirit of haste works, we would position the wrong people in the wrong places that can destroy them emotionally and spiritually. We can, we can put uh, uh, wrong programs in place because we think, well, we just see, it. We just see a need of what, what's happening right now. We're just going to make something happen that didn't come from God that causes great damage. I'll just invite the musicians to come back and save me right now. But waiting on the Lord for a promise can't be matched by an immediate imitation. So we might think, hey, I've got a promise from God. But so we start looking, well, how is this going to happen? And I need it right now. And, and so we're looking for the, a, a quick way to get that in our hands. But it could be just an immediate imitation. It's never valuable like the real thing. So we need wisdom from the Holy Spirit. Because we could be chasing every fantasy rabbit that comes across our path. But they're just imitations of what Jesus wants to do. Uh, we need wisdom from the Holy Spirit. And to be found, I guess, to be able to recognize a spirit of haste. And it can come in all kinds of subtle ways in, into our hearts. But we need to call it out, cast it out, and be free from the the damage that a hasty decision will bring and we want to get ourselves to that place where we can say Jesus I'm happy in the waiting Jesus I trust you that what you spoke over my life is is going to come it's going to be true so there are common thoughts while waiting when we're waiting for the promise when we're waiting for a prophecy to come true and this is negative thoughts and we start thinking to ourselves well it didn't happen straight away well God mustn't love me. Maybe God forgot me. Maybe I didn't deserve it. And doubt that it ever came from God. Maybe God didn't talk at all. I must have been mistaken. We need to reject those kinds of thoughts. And in the waiting season, learn to speak over ourselves things like Romans 12 verse 12. It says, be joyful in hope. Patient in affliction. Patient in affliction. What's that talking about? It means it, it, we hear right there. Patient, patient in affliction means that in hard times, when things didn't plan out how we thought they should have, be patient and faithful in prayer. I'm going to go through each of those: joy, hope, patience, faithful. So, number one, joy. Believe Jesus is on your side. Speak over yourself. Jesus is on my side. And that will bring you joy. Hope, believe Jesus has good things coming your way. Well, Jesus, you wouldn't have spoken that into my life. You wouldn't have sparked that enthusiasm in me for whatever that thing was that God spoke to you about. You wouldn't have done that if good things weren't on the way. And they are. Be patient in affliction. Waiting doesn't last forever. You need to remind yourself about that. This isn't going to last forever. This season that I'm going through right now isn't going to last forever. And it says to be faithful in prayer. Now we strengthen ourselves spiritually in the waiting when we you know, keep our communication with Jesus, keep our, our focus upon God and, and uh, being daily filled with the Holy Spirit, having disciplines of, of uh, daily devotion with, with the Lord because God works in our waiting. 
See, the time between the prophecy and the delivery is the waiting. I'd love to pray with you this morning. Um, could we please just stand together today? I prayed earlier about rekindling some things that maybe we've forgotten. But I really do believe that the Holy Spirit wants to breathe again, breathe new life, breathe, breathe into the, the, those forgotten areas of our, of our experience with Jesus today. I pray that we can make better choices in those waiting periods and we can be like Joseph who says, well, I'm going to serve, I'm going to minister, I'm going to, I'm going to be a, 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 a attentive to the needs of others in my waiting period. We're going to be patient for the promise. We're going to be faithful like Joseph. We're not those who give up in the waiting. And I'd love to pray with you this morning, right where you are. And we're going to, we're going to sing, but I'm going to pray first, then we're going to sing, and I'm going to invite you to come. If you're thinking, hey, I don't know why, but I know I've had things spoken over my life or into my life. I, I know that in my heart. However way that came, that doesn't matter. But you know that God spoke to you, but then it was like everything went in reverse. Jesus wants to encourage you today. He wants to settle things in your heart again. And he wants to anoint you with the oil of the Spirit. And so I'm going to pray first, but then if you need more prayer, as we worship, I'm going to say, come on out. Let the Holy Ghost do something fresh and alive and powerful. There's that, there is something that, that changes when we step forward and step out and say, Jesus, I need your touch. So Lord, I just pray today. I pray again over every small ember that is only just alive, that it, but it was spoken from you. I pray, Lord God, in the mighty name of Jesus, that you'll breathe on those embers again, that you'll pour the oil of the Holy Spirit into our spirits again, into our hearts again, reviving us for the task that you have ahead. Lord, I just pray that we may make better choices in our waiting season. I pray, Lord God, that we will not give up in the waiting, but they will grab hold again of that promise of God. And Lord, I pray that we begin to see again the potential that you once stirred in our spirits, the potential that we once were excited about. And Lord, I just pray 